Welcome to Small Biz Brainiac, providing employer intelligence that helps you navigate the regulatory landscape and keep you on course running the business you love. Here's your host, Thomas Rock Lindsay. Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of Small Biz Brainiac. This is your host, Thomas Rock Lindsay, and I'm here with Robert Attridge, your other host. Say hello, Robert. Hello, Thomas. How are you? Good, good. It's uh, Super Bowl Sunday. And actually, we don't have one of our panel members today because of a scheduling issue. Uh, We tried to our best. We tried our best during the week to make it happen, but they had some fires burning and and couldn't make it. But we'll get them on the the next episode. So for today, it's just... uh, the A team, which is you and me. Yep. the The show must go on, right? Without, yeah. with or without your guest. Exactly. We've got to put it out there. So, uh, yeah, it's Super Bowl Sunday, and um, I was just looking over the uh, Patriots' uh, record, and so this is actually a historical Super Bowl because nobody's been eight times. Well, I'm not a fan of either team, but uh, I'll probably be. But rooting. go Atlanta. Against the Patriots, <laughs> yeah, yes. Me too. Yes, it's it's one of those where you have to admire their success, but you know you're just tired of it. Tired. This of is what. Yeah. This is where you want to see somebody fail. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, you look at that combination of um, Brady and Belichick. Yeah, I mean it's you know probably unlike any other dynasty out there i mean i you had the 49ers in the 80s and 90s and uh, i think that was over a couple of coaches though i'm not a sports historian necessarily but um you know this is the probably the longest running coach quarterback tandem that i can remember i think it is and it's, you know, with, it's pretty with, incredible yeah with the amount of success that they've had yeah yeah you got to take your hat off to them but doesn't mean I wish them uh, a win today because I don't. I'm hoping Atlanta takes it. But Well, today we're going to talk about helping your employees perform at their personal best. And I wanted to throw out some questions. I actually have quite a few of them here to throw out there, but this uh, just to get you get you thinking. So will your company achieve better results if you push your employees to work long hours, or could you outperform those results if they actually worked fewer hours? Uh, what messages are you communicating to your employees through your own actions? Are you working late? Do you require your employees to work late? Are you sending them emails on the weekends or late at night? Uh, guilty. Is your message that uh, work is more important than anything else, more important than family and health? Do your words align with your actions? And finally, is there an unspoken or unwritten policy that those who work the longest hours get the promotions? Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of questions there. And, you know, this comes down to, yeah, I think this has kind of been a, a, a popular topic over the last few years, you know, achieving the work-life, personal-life balance. Yes, it has been very popular. And there's I've actually done I have five episodes 
on the subject, maybe six. Episodes 22 and 23 were about employee engagement, and that's kind of right up this alley. And then 25 and 26 was a report by uh, someone named Kate Lister uh, that she did for Knoll. Uh, I think it was Knoll Research. Uh, but, you know, you don't really need to, you know, read studies or even be a business owner or an HR person to see that there's kind of a problem here. But you also have to put it in perspective that, you know, in comparison to historical problems that people faced, things like, you know, not having enough food and you know, trying to survive war and disease. So when you look at it in those terms, you know, maybe right. it's, it's just a bunch of whining, pampered adult babies here that... <laughs> yeah, it's not, you know, this is not the the biggest issue or biggest crisis facing humanity <laughs> by any means, but... No, no. Uh, you know, from a, a, a business or employer perspective, you know, it's something you need to pay attention to. You want to you make sure you have a workforce that's engaged and... Yeah, and it's it's not about... It's not about the, you know, comfortable lifestyle or, you know, making things easier for people. It's it's really about optimizing those results and being more competitive and and more profitable. That's why you would do this. You know, the the positive impact that it has on people's uh, daily lives is a as a side benefit. It's because of that that they're able to perform better for you, which will deliver better results. That's the idea. So one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this is because I'm currently reading this book uh, by a guy named Dr. Jim Lower, and it's called The Only Way to Win. He's a co-founder of the Johnson & Johnson Human Performance Institute, and he's got another partner, co-founder, PhD, doctor sort, and they've basically come up with a a program for you know training executives, also hostage rescue teams and, and military special forces is, is what they say. So they're using this and turning it, you know, uh, applying it to, you know, the business world. Yeah, they're taking all, all of this information that they derived from, I think it started with, you know, athletes and they, and in fact, Andre Agassi is one of the people that they researched and studied early on. But anyway, Dr. Lower uh, claims that, you know, this is a crisis of a fast-paced life, you know, where where between work, family, and the social demands we have what, what he calls a human energy crisis. And he says that, you know, employee engagement suffering. Executives are pushing harder on their workforce to perform. He says that 70% of the employees are not engaged, two-thirds of the workers are burnt out, and basically 75% of workers are stressed out. And the impact that that has on your business is negative, right? It's it's not You're not going to get the best performance out of your employees when that's how they're feeling. Yeah, I mean, all this, all this makes sense to me, I think. You know, I've I've experienced all of this myself you know, as being a a person that probably put in more hours than than I probably should have just because of poor time management. And yeah, you 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 start you know applying stress to yourself, and 
you know, reach that, that burnout phase that he talks yes, about. Yes, you have. And this is actually a counseling session for you. This is really the main reason oh, why perfect. I decided to do this. <laughs> no, I, I think I did some self-counseling and have, I've figured this out now, but it, it took me, you know, took 18 you a damn years. long time. And I'm guilty of it too, but I think over the last several years, I've done a better job of of dealing, you know, with my own issues in in this in this regard. And I've always tried in 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 the past. I've always tried to create, you know, the work environment where people understand that uh, actually there's a lot more to life than work, and that family is more important and that you know as long as you get your your job done then it's up to you really to decide how many hours that takes and you didn't have to report in and and you know ask for time off you know as a as a manager or and above and i think i think some of the big you know tech companies these days have kind of adopted this mentality too of of being aware of the the work and home life balance um you see some of them being pretty creative with you know time off policies and just the way that they manage their their employees is completely different than what you would expect or or what was the norm you know over the last who knows how many yeah. decades and I, I think I did talk about that in in one of these episodes, probably about paid time off or something. Where where you're right, these larger corporations, some of them adopted you know unlimited paid time off, and there's a couple of studies on those too. That you know one one place actually abandoned that after a while, but then used the lessons that they learned from it to come up with a very generous uh, you know PTO policy, and. Yeah, we're talking about Fortune 500 companies, big companies, public companies, but doesn't mean that small businesses, you know, can't adopt some of these strategies. Right. What a big a big company does does not necessarily translate to what a small company could do, but th- that doesn't mean a small company can't learn or or pay attention to what those bigger companies are doing. And and maybe you can implement some of those. You can and you you should, and hopefully you will. So I want to read a section from Dr. Lower's book. It's uh, titled uh, A Tragic Trade-Off. He says, One thing that matters is being alive, healthy, and present. Normally, I would not write such an obvious sentence. Being any and all of those three things would seem the trademark of any winner. But apparently, it's not so obvious if you go by the way so many people treat their physical selves. An alarming 40% of corporate executives are clinically obese. People never shut down from their exhausting lives long enough truly to recharge, which prevents them from working, enjoying, and generally existing at the highest level. They barely allow themselves even the smaller breaks necessary throughout the day for proper functioning or even eating well. The trade-off for many people is clear, if unspoken. My excellent job or career allows me to give my family slash loved ones and myself a good life. In return for this, I'm willing to sacrifice my physical health, pleasure in the moment, and perhaps even some years of life 
on the back end. So I like that passage uh, a lot because it reminds me of, I would say, productive years in terms of learning and gaining new knowledge. Uh, I was in, you know, I was prided myself in being in decent shape and I, and that made, that always made my work life easier. Now, over the last few years, I haven't been as, as good as keeping up, you know, physically. And that does, that, that has affected my, my work life. So I, I do think it's important what he's saying there about taking care of your, yourself, not only for, for you, but your family. And then in turn, that will help you in your professional yeah, life. It's, it, it, it has a direct impact on your energy level and your ability to focus and your ability to perform well on the job. There's no doubt about that. So the Johnson and Johnson Human Performance Institute has come up with this, you know, corporate athlete training system and it's focused on learning how to manage your your energy and teaching your employees to manage theirs. It it focuses on creating behavioral change and living a meaningful life. So they've identified these four energy dimensions. There's physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. And physical is like food and exercise and rest. Emotional is the, the quality of your energy. The mental is your, your ability to focus. And the spiritual is kind of values, beliefs, and you know your connection to whatever your purpose is in life. And actually, I don't know a whole lot about the training system and how they go about addressing these issues. I, I'm suspecting as I go further along in the book that I'll learn more about that. So I'm looking forward to that. But in the prior episodes, and I think that was 25 and 26, where I talked about Kate Lister's report, she there's, very, there's a lot of similarities. And she identified these different um I, I guess she she didn't but there's some guy named maslow who has these hierarchy of needs and these are these are what you know human beings uh needs are there's self actualization which is you know what is your purpose or meaning there's esteem which is your self worth uh belonging which is your relationships and your connections and there's safety you know wanting to be safe and secure and having stability and then psychological so the, the physical health and comfort so there's a lot of similarities between between what the human performance institute and you know maslow are, are saying but how do you do this like, that's where the rubber meets the road right it's great we can sit here and talk about all the you know studies and reports and theory this and theory that but you know you're a small business owner you've got a business to run you have limited resources and you know how how do you how do you incorporate this these concepts into your business in light of the circumstances that you have to deal with and not all of these are practical for you and your situation but as a small business owner i think you need to keep these concepts in the front of your mind and do what you can look for the opportunities to to apply some of this right and you you have to commit to it right you can't just 
say, oh, this sounds great. You know, I'll shoot an email off to everybody and give them some pointers. Um, that's, that's not gonna, that's not gonna work. They'll, they'll see the email, they may read it, but it'll be out of their mind, you know, shortly thereafter. You have to commit to it as a company and start, you know, having some sort of, you know, examples being set, you know, maybe you need to train managers. Um, you need to set the example yourself. It needs, it's, it, it's like you're right. It needs to become the, the mantra part of your of culture, the company. Yeah. Yes. So we'll, that's the word <laughs> mantra or culture, part of your culture. Cult. Yeah. Culture. You, it need, you need to, it's like you said, you, you've got to have real change. You've got to make things happen. But how do you, so what can you do? Here are some ideas to encourage movement and activity. And you can, you know, you can make changes to your work environment to, to help encourage movement and activity of your employees throughout the day. And some of the suggestions are like, you know, centralizing um, resources so people don't have to just spin around in their chair and pull their work off their printer. You know, if you had a printer that was in the middle of the office, people can get up and walk around. You can provide different, you know, work surface heights and, you know, create spaces to accommodate, you know, standing work and standing meetings. And actually, I'm a big believer in in that and in this idea that this sedentary lifestyle where people are sitting on their butts for, you know, eight, nine hours a day staring at a computer is extremely bad for your health. And I don't know that we're, you know, seeing the effects of that yet, but I feel like it's coming as, as this, you know, well, people like us who've been doing it for 20 plus years, right? I can tell you that I'm <laughs> feeling the effects of it. Yeah. And actually, a few years ago, I got a standing desk and absolutely love using it and feel like it it did it took some getting used to, but one thing that it did is it completely relieved um my my carpal tunnel. I mean, I was having carpal tunnel, which I never thought was a thing. I always thought it was just a bunch of hogwash, but apparently it's it's actually real. Something the lawyers invented. But uh, it's actually real, and I was suffering from it, but that standing desk, you know, over time it wasn't immediate, but it, it alleviated, and it's no longer an issue. So I can at least say that much about it. Other things you can do are promote healthy lifestyle, so you can offer healthy food and drinks, and there's actually a company out there who specializes in this that's what they do they they supply you with healthy food and drink options for your vending machines or for your you know they've got a range of service levels based on how how big you are uh how large of a an office you have not how big you've become because of your sedentary no work no not not based situation. on your largeness okay. as an individual based on the size of your company and what you can afford you 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 idiot <laughs> i'm being wow i'm sorry i'm so straightforward and harsh with you but it's remember this is a counseling session 
So other ways to promote that healthy lifestyle are to provide um, wellness incentives to, you know, discourage people from overworking. When it comes to wellness programs, I am a little pessimistic about their effectiveness. People just don't change because you put a wellness program out there. They got to want to change. Yeah, it kind of goes, sorry for interrupting, but it kind of goes back to what we were saying about you know, a company adopting change as part of their culture. You know, if an individual just signs up for a wellness plan and doesn't really want to adopt that change in their life, then it's not going to be helpful to them at all. True. And the types of benefits that the wellness plan offers is important. Because I know even, even critics acknowledge that it has value when it's structured correctly and so some other things you can do are encourage active work days, like reminding employees to take frequent breaks, discouraging working lunches, and you know promote standing or, or walking meetings. And some other, some other ideas that are kind of work-life related are to make remote working an option, um, provide adequate you know, paid sick and personal time off. You know, support parents and their needs to to take partial days or you know a couple of hours during the workday off to to attend school events and things like that. Basically, a flexible work schedule, right? And then finally, you want to create a culture of safety. You want to you want to make sure that it's a nice, comfortable, safe place for for people to work and eliminate any or as many threats and hazards as you can and you know can make sure that everybody knows that safety is is important and that that varies based on you know again if you're a white collar office environment or if you're in the business of steel erection obviously the safety program that you're going to implement are completely different things yeah i think those are all all great points and great uh, you know starting points for for any company to start changing their culture well, there's a whole lot more that you can do. And like I said before, I've talked about what some of those are in other episodes. Uh, again, 22, 23, 25, and 26, even 47. And then there's also some a uh, couple of episodes on, on paid time off. So to kind of wrap it up, you know, helping your employees perform at their personal best, I don't think there's any question that this is, it's an important topic. I don't think there's any question that people are stressed out today. There's a lot of pressures that are put on people, including work. And in fact, work is probably one of the biggest sources of that pressure and stress. And that's not producing the best results. I believe that a lot of other people believe that and have done the research and that research supports those findings. So then the question is, as a small business owner, what are you going to do to make change so that your employees are performing at their optimal level for you and your business? And so that's what we've tried to address in this episode. And hopefully we've given you some some ideas about what you can do what changes you can make and hopefully this will help you start 
thinking about it and, and making some positive change. Well, there you have it. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Thanks for listening to Small Biz Brainiac. To get your questions answered by Thomas directly, visit smallbizbrainiac.com. And for more employer intelligence, be sure to join us again here on Small Biz Brainiac. Small Biz Brainiac.